a table on that subatomic quantum level is like mostly empty space, but to us, it's super solid. I've kind of been interested about how you make sense of something that's supposedly scientific, but that like we can't actually experience ourselves. Welcome to What's My Thesis. I'm your host, Javier Proenza, and today my guest is Leah Bieferman, which I love the name. Uh, do you Thank have you. <laughs> do you have uh, do you have lineage? Is that like Smith being a uh, you know <laughs> being a job well, title? I mean, well, the good story, which is not true, is that um, I mean, I have like Eastern European Jewish roots, like, and I think on my dad's side, it's at least partially German, um, and my my uh, the 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 story, which is not true, was that they were all like metalsmiths, and when and they didn't have last names. And so when they came through Ellis Island, someone was like, oh, you're some big beefy guy. We'll name you Beeferman, which is a much better story. It's not true. <laughs> and we, and the, true, the true story, we don't know. But that is a better story. So I like still tell that anyway, even though we found out it wasn't true. <laughs> so, you, so your dad is a beefy dude? No, he's no. not. Oh. <laughs> <But> the, <laughs> so it's an ironic, lo lovely family story well, where no, you're, who, who, you're like, kind of poking whoever, fun at your dad. <laughs> well, no, it's, it's like whoever came over, like oh, his okay. great somebody, somebody. Yeah. Um, and maybe they were, but maybe they weren't. I don't even know. You know? I, don't, I think I genetically, it's, it's probably the chances are <laughs> that they weren't, that you didn't have a giant at some point. I think my Probably my could. line is is a bunch of short Cubans <laughs> that came from Spain. So, <laughs> right, we were probably a bunch of short Jews that came from Germany and yeah, like yeah. Latvia, Lithuania. <laughs> oh, really, Latvia and Lithuania? I on my mom's side is is from up there, and my dad's side is like partially German and maybe somewhere else, but we're not totally sure. My but, go sorry. Oh no, it's just it's. Uh, I've actually I've never been to Lithuania, but I. Um, I've spent a lot of time in Finland and I've visited Estonia. So I've like been in the region and it's like, I'm like, oh, this is kind of the whole Baltic thing seems cool lately. Yeah. So. Um, what's it called? My sister and I once our first experience with Latvia was we saw a um, bumper sticker that said Latvians do it better. And, and, and it tickled us so much. We did, had no idea what that meant. <laughs> we learned nothing from that slogan. <laughs> right uh, about the culture so we, we 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 were very very excited about it um pretty good <laughs> they have good they do they i mean they do have good um skincare products for some reason oh, so wow. i don't i wonder how that yeah. started maybe there's like because uh, in cuba there's sugarcane but that's very different right <laughs> right <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't know i think that there's like I mean, and I don't know anything about this. I've just heard it vaguely from a friend who's half Estonian, but I think that there's a lot of sort of pagan history up up there um, that maybe, I don't know, is sort of involved in their natural world in a way that lineage-wise makes them have good skincare products. I don't know. <laughs> this is a complete, a complete guess. Oh, but. so there's like, maybe, maybe there's like some sort of alchemy that kind of became about uh, skincare that's interesting maybe i mean yeah, it's be. so it's so unscholarly but i love it <laughs> it's totally unscholarly but like based on but that's what this show's knows. about the artists have these weird ideas and <laughs> and it's alternative <laughs> histories that are less problematic than the ones that maybe you exactly know. right <laughs> i mean you know just like good relationship to your natural world and then you know how to use it 
maybe. Although we may be getting canceled in Latvia, like all of a sudden. I know, I'm uh, feeling very nervous about saying what I just said. <laughs> <laughs> all of a sudden we're, we're like, the, uh, what's my thesis is huge in Latvia. It's all over the, oh, the news. I mean, it's funny because I, I, I have more roots in Lithuania, so I don't even know what I'm talking about. <laughs> really. <laughs> well, where did you grow up? Did you grow up? Uh, you're in Rhode Island now. I'm in Rhode Island now. I grew up in Massachusetts. Okay. So not not Latvia and not Lithuania. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I've historically been a pretty East Coast. Um, I've lived in I lived in New York for a long time, and I lived in Richmond, Virginia, for a couple of years when I went to grad school. Where'd you go and, there? What's what schools in Richmond? Uh, VCU, Virginia Commonwealth University. Oh, do they um, have a, a crazy? I do, I like stopped researching schools with a lot of resentment because I decided I didn't need an MFA because it was too expensive. But I would fair. love to have an MFA <laughs> if it was fucking cheaper. I just don't need one professionally, you know. Yeah, no, totally. I mean, it's a state school, so it actually is. It is cheaper. Oh, really? Um, yeah, and they. It's a. It's great. I mean, I graduated in 2010, so it's been a long time. And, um, but when I was there, it was great yeah. and, um, good people, great facilities. I had a good experience. I liked grad school. I know everyone has a different opinion on grad school, but I had a good, Oh, and that, it I sounds, good... it sounds like if you're not completely in debt, it, it, it takes a little, little bit of load off too. Yes, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it, it worked out okay for me for sure. I talked to someone, I forget who it was that went to, uh, to the UC system and, and was like, it was free. And I was like, because like, oh. it's not now. <laughs> right, right. I mean, that's, I guess that's like going to, I don't know, I feel like certain places in Europe, they, it used to be free and now it's not free anymore. Yeah. So they're like following the American model or something. Like, not yeah. a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, grad school is definitely better. Uh, well, I don't know. I think I, I don't want to speak for anyone else aside from me. It was a good experience for me. So you didn't have um, a hard time making art once you left? No. Because um, that seems to be a common thing. I had that with yeah. my BFA. Yeah. I, I mean, do have some education. <laughs> I didn't doubt it, you know. I, no, um, I just have a chip on my shoulder. <laughs> oh, I see. <laughs> but it's more I, of a I bit. At I'm this not point. an MFA. I'm not like an MFA required kind of person, you know. No, I don't think but, anyone uh, really is unless you're trying to get a job in academia. Right, right, yeah. um, right, exactly. And then you have almost no choice. So yeah. for the, the lucky few, the lucky few. So, okay, so then I guess we're around topic time. Uh, you, sure. you, you seem very excited about it, which I'm always into because <laughs> I'm always kind of surprised when people are like, I couldn't come up with a topic. I'm like, really, An anything? You couldn't think of anything <laughs> that you like. I'm like, you're like, you don't have any interests. <laughs> oh. And then they make me it. like, they make me just like kind of dig it out of them, which is fine, right. but it's still kind of like, a, go ahead. Right. Maybe, I mean, that, that sounds like it could sometimes be fun to do, to dig it. But then also <laughs> you can just get straight to the point and then you can talk about the thing more. Yeah, exactly. Right? Exactly. And, and, you know. I don't say it too much in the invitation, but the whole premise is that you're teaching me something that I don't know because you're probably into shit that I don't know. You know, like <laughs> 90 million percent of the time, right. you know, there's like one millionth percent where I, I'm like, oh, hey, I know about this, you know? Right. <laughs> what's, the, what's the most surprising topic you've ever gotten? That's a great question. Uh, there's some good ones. Yeah. Um, there, there was an interesting one about how 
uh, 2D is a misnomer, 2D art, because it, mm. it, the piece exists in the world, which is like, you know, an interesting yep. uh, uh, argument in terms of painting. What else? Um, I don't know. I'm kind of blanking. It's like over yeah, 100 episodes. I mean uh, right. No, that's like who that's like what's your favorite band or who's your favorite artist? You know who I'm like actually, I always blank. So <laughs> No, I, I, I remember now. Uh Adrian okay. Sachs, who was like that one was a big one for me because and then there's also um what's her name? Melissa Loney. She talked about generational labor. And mm. uh I thought that that was a really interesting topic because I came from it from a like coal miner and like you know very alpha male i mean not that i'm an alpha male but just like very patriarchal machismo and she talked about how um there were like like more generational labor like uh still like from a leftist perspective but like handed down through parents and, and like domestic labor uh, specifically mm -hmm. uh she does really nice work with uh cakes and whatnot uh so oh, cool. okay. yeah so, um, but then, and then Adrian Sachs, who uh, was very interesting, you should follow her, both of them on Instagram. Uh, mm -hmm. She was talking about how the capitalist bent of cute stuff, which fucking was like, what? <laughs> she basically <laughs> said that she, like, uh, like, she basically was saying that she saw it as a conspiracy where she like noticed she was like why the fuck are these like cutesy little rhinos just standing here in the middle of nowhere you know <laughs> and like she just sees rainbows and stuff like it's like um it's like uh, uh you know kind of like a rain man thing <laughs> where, <laughs> where or like a conspiracy theory thing where, or like when you someone tells you that the, like a number is the most recurring number in the world and then you start right. seeing it everywhere i like when i was a kid it was 23 i'm sure there have been yeah. other iterations of that but you start seeing it everywhere, you know, and then like, it's like, um, so, so she has that with that. And then, and, and she really broke down like the power of cuteness as like, cause it's like a maternal instinct. Like you want to protect it, you know? So it's like this really powerful tool of, uh, capitalist like, uh, bullshit. So it, yeah, that shit blew my mind. That's super interesting. Yeah. And then, yeah. Um, Anna Braininger and I started talking about how, uh, kitsch is, uh, not like, it's not, um, what was it? It's like not even ironic anymore. It's just right. its own like medium. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it's been fun, man. Actually, you're making me think cool. <laughs> and making me think that the podcast is better than I feel like it is sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> When I'm looking at the numbers, I'm like, what? Yeah. You know. <laughs> That's cool. Those are good. Those are good. I, I, yeah, I, I, I mean, I'm a big nerd. I'm interested in a lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. But um, I guess one of, I mean, one of the, I was just thinking about different stuff that's like, I don't know, that kind of, at least feeds my work in some ways or many ways. And one of the, one of the more maybe fun ones that I was thinking about is, um, and, and I, but the problem is I'm not an expert in this topic. Cause oh, the topic would be, which is, <laughs> or like in my own, in my own way, I should say. 
but I'm interested in things that are paradoxes or like opposites. Okay. And like, and, and the, I mean, the, I guess the one that the two that kind of always come to mind or have influenced me a lot over the years is uh, one of them is just like straight out of basic pop science, quantum physics, um, which is, uh, I mean, the, I mean, I've been interested in quantum physics for a while, but um, so the, to clarify, quantum physics yes. is is physics at a very small scale, right? Yes, exactly. Because okay. I I actually and, met a physicist when I, I uh, that that studied it, and he was t explaining to me that like when you get to those really small sizes, like water starts acting different. Then yeah, it, exactly. like it doesn't flow the same because it's like right. it's on a, such a small scale that like it kind of obstructs itself, and like there's like maybe a corridor. But like, yeah, it's interesting shit. Yeah, that's what crazy. I. That's the only thing I know. Okay, <laughs> so school. I know, me. I know, like a decent amount about it, but but the the sort of long and short of 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 it is that, like, we expect matter to behave a certain way because it does for us. Mm -hmm. but when you get down to scales that small, it doesn't behave the way that we expect it to. Um, and I mean, like one of the. Uh, one of the kind of main things about this is that an, an individual atom is like mostly empty space. So it's like any, like even like a table on like a, that subatomic quantum level is like mostly empty space, but to us it's super solid. So like, um, so I've kind of been interested for a while for a long time actually about how you make sense of um, something that's supposedly scientific, but that like we can't actually experience ourselves mm -hmm. um, sort of like separate from our senses but then one of the one of the sort of um, other aspects of, of quantum physics that really has had a, had a big impact on me when I read it initially like probably 12 or 11 10, 9 or 10 12 years ago is um, that empty space is not empty it's actually dense which maybe goes sort of against what I was just saying with the atom mm -hmm. but there is a theory that like the universe that as we know it, uh, or the big bang came from um, a little fluctuation in empty space. You know, you have this space that's like a vacuum, it's supposedly super empty, but then there's these like weird fluctuations that will happen and there's all this kind of activity that's going on and the, um, the Big Bang was like a little fluctuation, supposedly, that then caught and expanded into this whole thing that we have. So the idea that it's something that can, can be totally empty and sort of totally active and dense at the same time really kind of captured my imagination at one point. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think that's also like gotten me interested in other things that are opposites. Um, and uh, yeah. I don't, I don't need to get like too deep into the like science side of anything, but that, that was. Well, I, I mean, I definitely have yeah. questions. So where's the, what's yeah. the density? I'll do my best. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I know, obviously. Yeah. yeah that's yeah. a, that's always a caveat here. So like, I know. what do you know what that, uh, what that density, like, how is that energy or whatever the fuck, how you would yeah. say it? <laughs> Uh, see, you're, you're in a good home. <laughs> you're in a good space. Sure. <laughs> I will probably will ask you dumb questions only. Uh, and so I will, I will try to answer them. But. <laughs> so, uh, so the, um, the density, what is it? Mm -hmm. How do we measure it? 
what are they measuring that makes them know that that empty space is dense? Actually, I, I did a better job than I thought I would. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good question. I mean, the way that I understand it is that the density comes from, I mean, and this is like, it just gets so sort of abstract and weird, but apparently there's just all these little particles that are like flitting in and out of existence. And oh. so it's like, they're there and then they're not, and then they're there and they're not. And so it's these fluctuations that they can in some way track. Um, which suggests like the active, the activity. And so, um, yeah. And then the activity is like this sort of form of density in this emptiness. Interesting. No, I, 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 so that's, that as also answers the question of the, what the fluctuations were that like, yeah, that paraphrase, uh, helped me understand it a little bit better. Cause I was like, what's fluctuating. So just things are coming, are flashing in and out of existence, but this is yes. super small particles. Yes. And yes, and so it's not. I'm imagining it. You don't. Maybe it's okay if you don't know this. It's probably not strobing all at once, right? Like it, mm -hmm. it's. I just, don't think so. Okay. And then, so this sounds like we can move into the paradox thing because it, it sounds like this isn't the actual topic. It sounds like this is just the springboard that inspired what you're more yeah. commonly interested in. Okay, so then, yeah. What was the second thing that you could tie this to that you're like, okay, this is a thing. This is the thing. Um, the paradox is the thing. <laughs> well, I guess there was even there was even something uh, prior to learning that, which then um, was which is it's sort of related. But um, when I when I was in grad school, that was when I got sort of interested in in science in different ways, and I started looking at scientific graphs, and I was thinking, like, this is funny because. If someone who knows how to actually look at a scientific graph looked at this, or not any scientific graph, because obviously scientists are specialized, but um, you know, some sort of physicist could read this and and look at this and be like, oh, I know what's going on here. But when I looked at it, because I wasn't trained to read it that way, it was sort of like an image, or it was mm -hmm. like an abstract form. And so the idea that something can be informational to one person and abstract to another person. And so essentially that like information and abstraction are kind of the same thing. It just depends on the viewer. Um, became a- Oh, because um, if, you don't, if you don't have the vocabulary, you just have a general impression of it. Okay, exactly. that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. And I started thinking about that as like, um, and I think I'm kind of gravitated, I, I gravitate towards things, some things like, those are the two main ones, but where it's like um, this, these two things are not supposed to be the same. They're not supposed to be like, emptiness is not supposed to be active or dense mm. and information is not supposed to be abstract, it's supposed to be telling you something. And so then it like complicates the definition of information for me. And it, I think with, um, with emptiness and, and, the, and density with that one, I thought, well, that's interesting because those are also like formal terms that artists could use. Like this is an empty area and this is a dense area. And I was like, there's a lot to explore sort of thinking about like the relationships between these two kind of categories almost, or like, um, so, yeah, those are those are the main ones, but um, so I then, think it's led me in. 
Oh, go ahead. Yeah, it's you were going to answer my question, so go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, in terms of my work, I guess it's like led me into uh, working with photography, but also with like abstract kind of drawing, and um, those two things don't really quite go together either. So not you are you photo but... photo photographing drawings? Is that what you're saying, or are you drawing on no, photographs? I'm I'm sort of I'm drawing digitally in ways that like reveals parts of photographs and okay. obscures other parts of them. Oh, okay. Yeah, which is like a pretty simple process technically, but- um, It's like a masking process. It is totally masking, yeah. Okay. And it's a way of, it's a way of like making the information in the photo abstract on some level or more abstract. I mean, I'm definitely, I'm definitely interested in, in juxtaposition in general and just mm. like how can how can two different uh, or or multiple more than two like how can different things be combined to or put next to each other that then changes the way that we see both of them yeah um, well that's also really an important part of photographic practice right because like yeah. sequencing yeah. of images especially because it's not a narrative form right if you start right. to if you start to add a sequence you may even inadvertently make a narrative, right? Absolutely. If you're not trying yeah. to. Uh, so it's interesting when you're trying to keep that like sort of lyrical quality of it without it being um, so like pointed in that this is a story about this man walking into this bar. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. No, for sure. Um... So then how long have you been working with this process? Um, it's evolved. I mean, I, I guess when I was in grad school, um, I was, I was making very different work when I was in grad school. Although when I look back at it now, I think my concerns were similar, but just the output was different. Um, and yeah, I mean, I've been working with like a similar process for, for a long time maybe for like nine years or something, but the last two or three, it's, I feel like it's sort of found it's, uh, like it's most, most, uh, I don't know, effective, weird word, mm -hmm. most direct. Well, I mean, form. effective is, is, yeah. is, is, is basically, cause it's always it's a form of, <laughs> yeah, it's always a form of communication if you're trying it is. to, I yeah. agree. Right, yeah, like I totally agree. I mean, even if what you're trying to communicate is ambiguous and ambivalent, like yes, yeah. you're still communicating. Yeah. So I is agree. that what you're? Are you looking for for like what are you looking for in terms now that you found some success? Are you looking for ambivalence? Are you looking for <laughs> certainty, uncertainty? Are you looking for people to be like, hey man, I totally get it. Hey Leah, I got it. This is this. This is this. Uh, I, you nailed it. <laughs> I'm gonna walk home no. with this <laughs> knowledge or. I mean no, no, I'm definitely like not, I'm not in like, not an, I'm going to tell you everything kind of artist. <laughs> I'm very much like, I'm going to probably tell you. I mean, I guess it depends if you're listening to this podcast or not, <laughs> or if you're like, um, cause my work doesn't tell you a lot. So it tells you some, sometimes it tells you some things. And I think that, I think that, I mean, to answer your earlier question a little bit more, I mean, I think that maybe more than more than directly uh, kind of seeking out 
other paradoxes to to sort of actively use. It's more about exploring different manifestations of those two. So like, um, so thinking about, um, and I and I kind of, you know, I'm not always like sitting directly in one of them. They're always kind of on my periphery somewhere, sometimes more directly and sometimes less directly. But, um, you know, I think that the, the question of <clears throat> especially making work that is kind of abstract and kind of photographic, which is what my work is in general, um, I think playing with the different ways that I give playing with the different ways and different kinds of information that people get. So like when text is used and how and what it's saying and whether that I use, I, I use a lot of, um, sometimes I use like a lot of numbers or scientific kind of facts about something in contrast to what you're looking at. And it's sort of, um, but they're, they're nice things to, to kind of return to. And because I think that they're, there, I don't know when you have terms, I mean, obviously abstraction information are like complicated terms, but everyone, everyone has like a knee jerk reaction to what those two things mean. And what do you think those reactions are? I mean, I think it, I guess it depends on what, maybe what context you're having a conversation in, but probably an average response to and even like my average response, if you hear the word information, it's like something is trying to be directly communicated to me, maybe. Um, and abstraction is, it's maybe less direct or more open in some way or more ambiguous. Um, what is the broader uh, interest in, in like, like why, can't, why are you making these images? It, it, wh like, yes. why do you, why do you, and I, not like, not like justify yourself. It's like, why do you feel right. like you can't help but make them, you know, why are you interested yes. in them? I mean, basically the, I guess the short, the short answer is that, you know, going back to what I was saying earlier about, about quantum physics and this question of, there's this science that's describing something that we can't physically experience ourselves, but it's supposedly describing the real world in some way. And so I was sort of, when I first started reading about this, I was like, how, especially as like a non-scientist, how do I make sense of this, that these, what these people are saying? It's like the only thing that I can really engage with is the world that I can see. Um, and so I started to think about how, you know, there's all these processes that go on at these tiny, tiny scales and they manifest themselves as like, I mean, at least to, to human eyes, like they manifest in ways in objects and landscapes and places that we can see. So I realized like, you know, if these are concepts that are supposed to describe something that I can't see, I can only understand them in terms of things that I can see. And so I started, I think the, the first, um, the first uh, thought that I had was like, it's like, oh, well, maybe the ocean is a version of something that's both empty and dense simultaneously. Like the ocean is, well, I mean, we know it's not empty. We know it's full of stuff and it's full of water. But I think also in terms of like, you know, thinking of a vast space that, um, 
kind of exhibits these multiple properties. Like that was at least sort of caught my imagination as a starting point. And so then I started thinking, well, you know, these, all of these, all of these plants and landscapes, like these are gradual manifestations of all of these smaller scale processes. Um, and so to be able to look at them as, you know, the result of a bunch of quantum stuff and a bunch of geological and biological and chemical like things happening over a period of time and resulting in this, it's almost like the, the, all of the different possible forms of, of physical processes. It's um, interesting. It sounds like you're talking yeah. a little bit about like the uh, site being the user interface versus like the, the backend being like all these processes of, yeah. uh, you know, Oh, am I going to start spinning? <laughs> I, I'm, trying, <laughs> I'm trying to not anchor myself with my foot. I'm worried that this chair is going to go just <laughs> spinning around. Uh, yeah, that's really interesting. Have, I, so I've been holding off on doing this because it's sort of related, but it also is like uh, a little wooey-wooey, but kind uh -huh. of not. Do you know what okay. Skinwalker Ranch is? No. Okay. So it's interesting because it has to do with all these it's basically uh i think it was the cherokee cursed the uh utes in in the yunta basin because they mm -hmm. were the the uh it was like something where the um, i think it's the utes i i i, I it, it but it, it is the yunta basin i i'm sorry if i'm mispronouncing the the name of the tribe that's very disrespectful, but I, I'm doing this from memory. Uh, so the Utes, let me fucking look it up. <laughs> I'm not, I just feel so weird saying that. No, it's fine. I mean, I'm, I'm still concerned about my, my Latvia comments. So. <laughs> Are you really? <laughs> oh, no, I was totally teasing you. I'm a very, uh, a very concerned person, you know. <laughs> no, no, you're fine. No, you're fine. fine. Cool. Uh, Skinwalker Ranch. Uh, uh, uh. Legend Vengeful Shamans. What is the name? Fuck, why why won't they just tell me who what the fucking tribe is called? <laughs> that's too easy. Oh fuck you. I mean, I guess if they're not gonna tell me, I don't have to know it. <laughs> why is it so hard to find out? Anyway, I'm... so it's one tribe was selling Navajo. I'll just do it like that. One tribe okay. was selling Navajo uh, uh, to, into slavery, and mm -hmm. then the Navajo, it, this is in U northern Utah, uh, yeah. upper, upper northern corner. I forget what the name mm -hmm. of the area is. It's surrounded yeah. by all these, like the, the ranch is surrounded by all these tribes. Uh, okay. uh, the, or by this tribe, the, the tribe that I, don't, I can't fucking find the name of, so I'm not going to say. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and so... They curse them, and basically the the legend is that there is um the legend is that the, that there are these skinwalkers they're basically these uh shaman that can turn into animals and cool. and uh and but they just did a show, and I was watching it earlier and it uh, like I like paranormal TV because it can be kind of mm -hmm. kooky, but this was interesting because uh they did catch some uFOs and they've caught some like really weird radiation it's like a reality tv show 
Uh, so I take that for what it's worth. I'm into it. I, I would rather just <laughs> fucking buy it hook, line, and sinker. But uh, the U.S. government did research this ranch for years, and they have all this. Robert Bigelow owned it, who's like an aerospace uh, uh, guy that did other shit. And he, mm-hmm. he uh, did all this exper- experimentation. There's all these people that won't go back. And so there's all these legends, right? And you hear them, and you, they seem kind of crazy. But then you find out that like they dug in one spot, and then this guy gets like this big fucking bump on the top of his head, that, well, and, and he's hospitalized, almost dies from it. And um, they start doing all these measurements, and there's this weird radiation that's like hovering. So basically, what they what right now what they think is that, the, and I'm spoiling the show, but it's definitely worth watching. They think that like the basin, the Yunta Basin, is shaped in such a way that it's like a satellite dish. Uh-huh. Because there's talk of portals. Basically, the, the the UFO that showed up is just this thing that came in, came up, and, and, uh, and like, comes into existence and then go, uh, goes away. So there's one point where this guy gets fucking radiation burns. He opens this thing, and he gets radiation burns, and, like, he looks at it, he measures it. Uh, he's, he, he's, like, been exposed to, like, a, not a, a non-fatal one, but, like, uh, it was, his machine was beeping. And, yeah. uh, and then he, like... Um, he, it, it, they go back and they try to t- test it for radiation and there's no fucking radiation again. So they're like really scared. They be, the, the, but basically they think that the basin is a satellite dish that's like focusing all this radiation that's coming down into this one point and creating a portal. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so that's where it gets a little weird, but it's the, yeah. so far, like they're just doing all these measurements. They're sending up weather balloons and stuff. And the lore of this place is pretty, like it is considered one of the legit places where weird shit happens and people just fucking bounce and they never want to come back because they're yeah. terrified of it. There's cow mutilations in the, in the middle of the day, they'll see a cow. And then later on the fucking cow is like completely mutilated, missing its ears. And, 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 uh, and so then they like, but it's all this weird shit where they're like, you, it's not like ghost hunting where they're using like, you know, they're like actual scientists. They're they're astrophysicists that are like measuring radiation and stuff. And it's, it's like, they're being, there's parts where there's like a helicopter hovering and they can't yeah. figure out what it is because it's not using its transponder, and um, and they fucking uh, and and like they realize that like the F, the, the government is watching them because they later get approached by by Intel to like kind of monitor what they're fucking doing, and that's right. a place that they like there is classified documents there, so so it's really interesting. Uh, uh, like all of the stuff to, when uh, Bigelow was uh, was like. That was government research. There's all these audio tapes of just people going like, what the fuck is that? Like, <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and so they start shooting rockets in, 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 up into space. And that's when the, or not into space, up into, to, to, like they want to reach like up to a mile because when they send the weather balloon up, all the sensors fry. And that has never happened to the guy, the weather balloon tech. Well, okay. So, so anyway, what is interesting about this is all these things that come in and out of existence. Batteries yeah. get drained. Like lithium batteries, they just like immediately discharge. It's so fucking crazy. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that's a little bit more wooey wooey because there is like, right, right. like there, like we're talking UFOs and shit. But sure. there is, uh, I don't know if, uh, I think it's, uh, there's a there's a guy I forget who is who what his name is, but there's a scientist that also studied UFOs, and now it's a little bit less kooky, you know. 
But there right, was right, a scientist right. that stu- that did studied UFOs, and he um, basically says that he thinks that UFOs are something like fairies, you know, and we're just interpreting them with the with our con- current contextualization of reality, right? And how we right, explain right, things. Right. We're <clears throat> like fairies, and then like there's like uh, old Egyptian things where there's a, 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 a like a flying creature that has a like a light that carries a light. You know, like, which is like a little sun. And, um, and so his thing is that maybe these are interdimensional experiences, which is pretty cool. And then, uh, go ahead. Oh, no. I mean, it's funny because I, um, I just started reading this book that my dad loaned me. That's it's my dad used to be a physicist, like before I was born, then he changed careers, but he's still interested in it. And he, um, he lent me this book and the, this guy is basically like, I mean, I just am in chapter one. I'm not very far, but he's, he's talking about like why he believes that quantum physics can't be right. Um, just because it's not something that there's like, I don't know. I don't want to try to explain it because I'm only in chapter one, but basically, um, I mean, Einstein didn't think it was right either because he had problems with it. And so this guy's in the same planet anyway. But it's funny because he was sort of saying this thing that reminded me of some stuff I had thought about a little bit before, which is, you know, the line between when you're dealing with stuff that you can't directly observe, like the line between sort of speculation or like mysticism a little bit, you know, is like, um, and science butts up on it in this realm because it's like, there's only so much that we can actually know about these things at these you know and so it's funny because i i've made kind of a i have a really good friend um, who's a curator who's like super interested in science fiction and i have a joke with her that like some of the stuff that you that i would read in these books that are just explaining different possible theories for the universe like string theory or like multi multiverse like the multiple universes you know it's like i'm like well that's also science fiction and it's sort of being presented in this scientific context and i mean it's funny sort of and it's not this is like not remotely meant to be questioning science i don't want to to be clear (laughs) it's like not my but i think that it's just um well i think people misunderstand what science is go ahead i mean it's like the ways that that different people deal with things that we don't understand or can't understand you know and so it's like um well, that's what I really enjoyed about this this series. Right. They, I'm, yeah. I, I, it's on Netflix. I watched the first episode, uh, the first season. I'm not like gonna. It's a it's it's a History Channel show. So it, it, it's it, but it's reality TV. It's junky, you just, know. Yeah. But totally. the guys are pretty interesting. They seem to be somewhat qualified, and they're approaching it like what I like is that. I mean, I all okay. Full disclosure, I'm also into like shit like Hellier, which is a series where they're like, they do use spirit boxes, which I don't know if you know what that is, but it's basically no. a radio. It's a radio that it's like totally unscientific, but it's a radio okay. that's, that switches through FM frequencies or AM frequencies yeah. and at a, at a, uh, a very fast rate. It's just like, and if you, it, the theory is that if it like connects words together, 
you, uh, you, you know, it's impossible. It's the spirit must be talking, right? right rather than just being a random coincidence. <laughs> right. I'm into it. It's fucking fun because they're... they're like a they're, Ouija board. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Ouija boards right. are terrifying it, it, yes. it, because of what they do to people psychologically at the very right. least. <laughs> but there's like shit like elementals where like you don't even fuck with that because psychologically, even if it's just psychologically, like you can summon shit with Ouija boards. But... With this thing, there is one fun series called Hellier where these guys use that spirit box and they do something that other people hadn't done before, which is they use noise canceling headphones so they can't hear the people that are outside. And the people that are that the guy that's listening is just repeating what the spirit box, what he can understand the spirit box saying. Okay. And the people outside are asking questions. And that gets very exciting when they sync up. But that's total bullshit. Right. Like, right. <laughs> like that, that, I mean, that, that is, that is fun and it is related to high strangeness, which is sort of what, what Skinwalker Ranch is about as well. But what Skinwalker sure. Ranch is so specific about is, is that the, let, let, like, there's like quantifiable shit that you can measure. Right. And like, yep. they're, they're basically collecting da data and they're, they may be coming to like, weird conclusions but the reason is because all the shit that's happening is so weird they have to combine it you know sure but then they yep. did find they did find they thought like there was a spooky well there anyway i don't want to talk i don't want to talk entirely <laughs> about the show what i like about it is is that uh is I, what i like about all this shit first of all we know that like there's something going on for sure that we don't know and it's not like ghosts you know where we're like you can't show me a video of a ghost or you have to be like oh my god that that flashlight flickered <laughs> <laughs> right totally but it, it is interesting the concept of things and things coming in and out of existence right yeah for sure that is an interesting concept which you kind of triggered because it seems like that is kind of the nature of things to begin with, right? Like, right. We're, we're like, but then the idea of me coming, parts of me coming in and out of existence, like, is that, <laughs> is, would that also be, or is that not biological matter? I don't think, I don't think it's, I don't think it's biological matter. I'm pretty sure it's like, it's like, yeah. I mean, it does, I, I will admit that sort of the, the, yeah, I don't, I mean, all of it's weird because the thing is that, you know, if you really get into, um, or I mean, one of the basic things of, of quantum physics is that at those scales, um, everything is like a particle and a wave simultaneously. And so everything is sort of existing on these, in these probability waves. And then supposedly, according to the theory, and this is why some people have a problem with it, it's not until something gets measured or observed or like looked at until it sort of appears in a fixed position. And so the whole kind of quantum thing is very murky. Uh, and, and so there's certain schools of thought in, in quantum physics, if I'm explaining it correctly, that it's basically, um, you know, it's like this active observation or measurement sort of fixes things, which is, which is a weird concept to, I mean, for people who would believe that there's a, or like a real world reality that exists that is fixed, um, which is what most of us think is true. You know, this kind of counters that. But then that's also um, so. And I don't know. I mean, I think that I think for me, like 
there's obvious like philosophical philosophical implications in all directions from this kind of stuff. Um, but I think that I'm I'm more interested in uh, sort of th thinking about um, it's like the implications that it has about about um, trying to understand, trying to look at and understand the world and, and this awareness of the world in terms of what we can see and what we can't see. And that there's like invisible stuff. Like, I mean, for me, I thought for a long time about how like physics just as a thing is like an invisible set of rules that totally govern the way our lives work, you know, like gravity <laughs> or like, um, magnetic attraction or you know whatever like all of those things kind of define the way that we, totally like it all totally kind of guides the way that we exist in the in the world and so this um so maybe that's another sort of paradox i just invisible, had a thought <laughs> i just also had a thought of like how ungrateful we are because we're bummed that the sun is going to burn out at some point <laughs> <laughs> and all it does is feed us like and make I've, it make yeah. it make us entirely possible and we're just like oh man poo <laughs> 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 poo son <laughs> i know like yeah. way to way to way to have a physical existence with a time limit <laughs> well, so okay then i want to ask a, a couple other things because i mean Obviously, you're not a physicist, but you're into this no. stuff. Uh, yeah. You might, you may have an answer for me. Okay, um, I'll try. But like quantum entanglement is also an interesting concept. I don't know it if is. you know anything about that, but uh, the other thing is, if you can maybe enlighten me a little bit on what some of the critiques or why it is that people have a hard time accepting quantum physics, because uh, that's not something I'm familiar with. Uh, you yeah. said mentioned Einstein said that it it, it was kind of too kooky. How yeah, long has well, it been around? If it's, if it's like quantum physics is, is like a concept. I mean, you know? I uh, I feel like the sort of heyday for a lot of discoveries around it um, was like the 19 teens and 20s. But some of the concepts that went into it are even a little bit, or like some of the foundations of it are even a little bit older than that. Mm -hmm. um, Einstein. I mean, yeah, I I. This is me sort of like with my knowledge and also having just read this introduction to this book like yesterday. <laughs> um, I think the title I, of the show is a disclaimer. <laughs> right. Okay, that's good. I, I always feel like... Uh, the title of the show is What's My Thesis? It's not, <laughs> this is my thesis. <laughs> right. Here's me trying to explain something that I, is not my field exactly, but that I have been strangely attracted to for a long time. <laughs> that is um, the show. That's the show. Yeah. I mean, but that's what artists get to do. Yeah, you know? exactly. It's kind of great. I love it. It's the abstract um, uh, interpretation of uh, information that you were talking about. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. See? Yeah. Yeah. Um, we can have our mind minds blown <laughs> with our ignorance too, bro. <laughs> like absolutely. actually without ignorance that you can't have your mind blown. Oh, right. Mind blown. <laughs> well, it's also, I mean, it's also cool because I think that to, I mean, you know, as a side note, I mean, making like I, I don't know i think it's kind of cool to sort of take all this stuff that doesn't quite make sense i mean it doesn't quite make sense to me because i don't do the mathematics and physics or like i only understand things like as much as i have been able to sort of learn them but there are also things that 
kind of don't make sense, period. Like it doesn't make sense that, and so to then to sort of channel that kind of weird, like uncertainty or just ambiguity, or I don't know what to do with this information that I'm reading because I can't make physical sense of it myself. And to try to put that into some like artwork that then presents some sort of ambiguity to somebody else. Like, even if I'm not saying like, oh, this work that I've made is telling you anything about quantum physics that you didn't know, it's sort of like channeling this, like, wait, stop, I don't quite, like, this isn't quite what I thought it was kind of experience. Um, and so I guess the, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, 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 one of the sort of open questions for me that I wrote down at some point and haven't really thought through in terms of science is, like what what the relationship is between science and and mystery or that or that kind of uncertainty you know because i think and, and i mean it's interesting like what you were talking about with the with the show and the radiation and everything because i think that there's like it feels like that branch of science is or or when you think about the ufo stuff that occasionally comes up in the news or whatever that's like the government is very hesitant to admit that it doesn't understand, you know, whereas in like the scientific community, there are certain things to say, well, this is a theory. We haven't been able to prove it yet, but we still believe it because it makes sense mathematically or it makes sense like in some other, but it seems like science, I think that, I think that there's a, I mean, there's a debate with different kinds of scientists about what kinds of questions can be answered. And so there are some people who would say, if I can't, if I can't like directly test it in some way, I can't say anything about it. And then there's other people who would say, but the theory allows me to say this and this and this. And so like, I've always thought it's kind of funny when you read a book about the beginning of the universe or the big bang, and they've got these descriptions of like the way that the big bang looked. <laughs> I'm like, no one was there. You have a bunch of equations that maybe suggest to you and theories. And so there's these, the ways that these theories and these equations get translated into this language, which then becomes like a sort of human experience. It's super interesting to me. And so, I don't know, it's sort of like the, the definitions of what questions can be answered, what should be left a mystery, what shouldn't be left a mystery, what can't be figured out. Like all that stuff is, I think, I think, so maybe that's my best answer about why. I mean, I think for Einstein, he had something about, um, there's just, there's certain holes in the, he's looking for like a unified theory of the universe and quantum physics is leaving a bunch of holes for him. <laughs> Left a bunch of holes. I wonder if that's even fucking possible, you know? I know. Because it is, uh, I mean, just in the fact that if you, it, it, just the fact that if you observe an experiment it'll change it that that's only at yeah. the quantum level though right that's not yes okay that's I mean, not right i mean how, how the fuck do you get how how do you how do you even test for that 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 gets to the point where we're dealing with that almost paranormal shit where we don't we don't fucking understand uh and right. it's fascinating and exciting but at the at the same time it's also like maybe a little scary <laughs> Yeah, because you, know? you don't well, have I mean, you. You can't. It's like it, it's almost like it's telling you it's unknowable, right? 
right, right, absolutely. And I mean, there, there is one, I mean, there's a famous theory by this guy named Heisenberg, who was a physicist, a German physicist from like the twenties. Or- guy that made mirth. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Almost. <laughs> I'm, I'm the fucking meathead now. <laughs> no, but it's, it's called the uncertainty principle. And it's just like, based on like the way that these things work, it's impossible to measure. I think it's the, the position and the speed of a particle simultaneously. And there's a whole kind of explanation about why. And it's because you need one type of measurement system to measure a position. You need a different one to measure the speed and you can't do them at the same time. And it kind of makes sense. Like the way I've ways I've, I'm not going to be able to explain it well, but it makes sense. And, but I, but I think what's kind of interesting about the whole thing is that it's like, Part of it is that the result of a of an observation depends on what you're measuring something with, which is which makes sense to me. And I'm I like to sometimes joke about like we'll try to measure the wind with a ruler, like you can't, <laughs> you know. And so it's like, um, but then because we have rulers that have either inches or centimeters or millimeters. Um, it's like with that ruler, you can only make certain kinds of measurements with that tool because it's straight and it's flat and it's not, you know, it's not like a flexible. Um, so the idea that a tool defines what information you're able to get from it, like actually makes a lot of sense, you know? Well, these Um, guys were using infrared cameras and they were seeing beams at night over the Mesa. Yeah, that's crazy. That were were fucking (laughs) wild. And then, and then later on, then and again, I would not take this fucking reality show at its word if I didn't know how much <laughs> this place freaked people the fuck out that were yeah. qualified military personnel and whatnot. Like, yeah, yeah. The fa- so so what happens is later on, this expert on cow mutilations shows up, and that's mm-hmm. a fucking weird thing because now, you know, that goes back to that. Like, I wanted to bring this up is just like there used to be a time where you were ostracized for like doing this science, right? For even trying to legitimately like J. Allen Hynek and, uh, and Jacques Vallée, they're legitimate. Jacques Vallée is by the way, the guy I think that does the, the, or may, maybe Hynek, one is the mentor of the other. I think Hynek is the guy from uh, Close Encounters of the thir- for, uh, Third Kind. He's, okay. the, he's, he's uh, one of the characters in that. And then, um, but so anyway, so, this idea that like science is this just monolithic like sacred thing that we treat with absolute respect where we marginalize fucking you know uh people like it is a weird thing it goes back yeah. to that thing of like do you, did you ever watch the documentary where they're trying to find the god particle and they're like trying to decide with the it's the CERN documentary so they're the I- yeah, I haven't seen it, but I I know all about the whole thing. So yeah. The, so they were trying to find supersymmetry in the universe yeah. by finding a specific particle, which would be the God particle. And yeah. then there was another guy that was trying to uh, dispute that and say that the fucking, that the world is chaos. And essentially, like, m- there's a multiverse, but most multiverses are inhabitable, right? Like, essentially, mm-hmm. right? That's basically what I remember from it. If I, If I'm wrong, please. Don't come at me, guy who said that. <laughs> um, but but it, it was really fucking interesting, that whole thing, because it is like there is they're doing research, but it's hard not to hope for things. Right. 
And yeah. so like, that's kind of what the scientific method is there for. It's there to sort of make it so that uh, you don't fuck around, right? But then right. You, do, you, it sounds like you do hit sort of limitations. And, and then the other thing is that I find interesting is, I, I don't know if you know who uh, Neil Stevenson is, but yeah. um, he, d he does uh, sci-fi. He wrote Snow Crash, which right. uh, is a great book and uh, kind of the world we live in now. Thanks to Mark Zuckerberg trying reading it and fucking everything up and ruining the book oh, for boy. everybody. <laughs> but uh, he writes historical fiction and he he has some really interesting stuff. Uh, with the there's like a lineage in his in his historical fiction where uh, there's this uh, family called the Waterhouses and that's how he ties generations together. And so Waterhouse was basically uh, a, one of the uh, in the line was basically an assistant to Isaac Newton. And one night, Isaac Newton, this is fiction, but it's interesting, it's probably based on mm -hmm. some shit. Newton yeah. realizes that he has never, like that every single scientific observation is done with a tool that we don't know anything about, the eye. Mm -hmm. And so he started right. with the back end <laughs> of a pin to manipulate the 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 eyeball and to, like take record, and the, and the water house was taking the recordings, right? Um, yeah. and it's really interesting to think about the, like, we're fucking meatbags. What can we understand? Oh, totally. You know, like, yeah. um, and so I, I am at a point, like, I'm definitely still agnostic, but I get so irritated with fucking snooty people. <laughs> like, you yeah. know, um, and it, it is interesting sort of this, like, you know, I mean, like, uh, uh, Carl Sagan's uh, contact, most scientists believe in God, <laughs> you know, <laughs> all of my science is from pop culture movies. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> Jodie Foster, uh, Matthew McConaughey being the voice of reason and being like, hey, man, <laughs> people like God. <laughs> Anyway, I, I again, I'm agnostic, but I'm like a little tired of uh, of uh, that sort of like, I don't know. I don't want to make it political, but there is a liberal <laughs> oh, like, oh, my God, you guys are just not winning people over with this shit kind of attitude to that. But yeah. Anyway, I really oh, find I this shit interesting. I, 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 yeah. I really appreciate you, you coming in and talking about it because it is. It is an interesting paradox. Like it is that space that we're talking about. Like that. Uh, do you know what a hypercube is? Te Hypertesseract. Like um, I should. I feel okay. like I do, but remind me. Okay. Yeah, you probably do because this is I like in, in in your realm of physics. It's in my, uh, yes. So this I also know through Carl Sagan. So he does d talks about the Flatland people, and, right? Right. And basically, yeah. he shows us that. Uh, a square, a square, a two-dimensional square is a, it, or a cube is a 3D projection of a two-dimensional square. Yes, right? right. I do know this. Yeah. And then, and then, so scientists can figure out that there is a fourth-dimensional projection of a cube, and that yep. is called the hypertesseract or the hi, uh, hypercube. And basically, yep. it is. It's fucking weird. Look it up. I definitely encourage you to Google it. I think it. I've seen it because you know this artist Talba Auerbach. I think that that she did something. I mean, she, it's a it's such yeah. an interesting object that I'm sure there's plenty yeah. of art and that it's all fascinating because yeah, totally. it is about this thing that we can't conceive of. So basically, what the hypercube is, what we see, 
is the is the shadow like what we can cre uh, recreate is not the hypercube itself we can create its projection onto our uh place so what I, so I, I misspoke when you hold a cube and it casts a shadow that two-dimensional uh, uh, shape on the on the uh, two-dimensional surface that is yeah. the projection of the three-dimensional cube right okay and so what yeah. we have access to is the the shadow that's what the hypercube is of what that actual afforded because we can't even perceive it right which is right, fucking right. crazy bro it's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> well i think that that's like i don't know i mean i i it's funny because i was talking to a friend um or we did a little interview book last year and or this year and uh we were talking about like how can you i feel like the this idea of of sort of being an expert or or no that's not what it is it was it was like how can you look at something and be aware that you can't understand everything about it but still engage with it as like what you can and and i think that a lot of people feel about science that like they don't understand all of it so they can't understand any of it and um and i think people feel that way about art too where it's just like i don't understand that so i can't engage it and it's like no it's meant to be engaged whether you understand it or that's like the point and so it's sort of like i don't know it's almost like how do you uh how do you allow for that default experience that there's just things that you don't know or things that you can't know and go about the world and try to figure out what what you can know and um and yeah, I don't know. And it's funny, again, going back to the stuff that the government doesn't want to admit, it doesn't understand. Or... Yeah. Well, it's, <laughs> it's really weird. It's starting to, yeah. and I think part of it is, okay, this is like, This is more into my woo-woo <laughs> science-y. This is not like factual, okay? Because I do sometimes speak factually. This is more an intuitive thing. But mm -hmm. I do feel like part of that is if you have people documenting with fucking cell phone cameras a bunch of shit that you can't explain, you can no longer call people crazy, right? <laughs> and... Being able to call people crazy is very important when you're uh, it, it doing control, as evidenced by the fact that people that used to talk about this shit were called fucking crazy, right? Because right. they wanted to keep this information hidden, right? Yeah. So, yeah. so I think that now you can't tarnish the, the crazy <laughs> uh, brand, right? And if you're yeah. lumping people that are crazy against the state or whatever, uh, or crazy anti-imperialists, crazy eco-terrorists and shit like that, and you're lumping those people in with like people that are actually seeing shit that they can verify, you know? Like, that was so fucking crazy about the show. Like, they just took it for granted that they, like, saw a UFO. And, like, because, like, and, and, and my reaction was programmed to sort of be like, hey, aren't you guys just assuming that a little quickly? But I'm like... Well, they're at Skin Fucking Walker Ranch. <laughs> They've never seen this shit before. Like, people have been there forever. It was clear, like, they definitely think it was a reaction to, uh, to the fireworks, right? I can't wait mm -hmm. to watch fucking seasons two, uh, two through four. <laughs> four, four. Like, that's basically what I'm, I, like, this is an inconvenience. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm at work right now. <laughs> no, I'm, kidding. I'm having a lovely conversation. Uh, and, yeah. and I feel validated that you're at all interested in Skinwalker Ranch because it's fucking awesome. Um, yeah, dude, there's like parts in that shit where they have footage of not a Skinwalker. Don't get excited. Like, but th okay. I, watching paranormal shows, I'm used to not seeing shit. Right? Like watching yeah. Hellier, they start and they're investigating and it's really like almost a mental game that they're playing on themselves. But that's how you investigate paranormal stuff, right? And it's so entertaining and so fun. But it's not scientific. It's intuitive and it's like fucking woo-woo-woo-y and all of that shit, which I love. Like I explained to you how they did the the spirit box stuff. Like all of that stuff is entertaining and it's and it induces high strangeness. But Skinwalker right. Ranch is the home of fucking high strangeness. Like the yeah. government send motherfuckers there to investigate because they didn't understand it and they haven't released shit from it right and now <laughs> this other private entity has bought it and they're like hey we're gonna keep an eye on you motherfuckers like that shit is crazy it's so yeah. fucking crazy so anyway they see it they they actually catch a cow as it's dying right because that's one of the main things and uh, spoilers serious spoilers for the season but it's still fucking entertaining as shit um there's like a black dot that looks like the tic tac the, the, you, you know the Tic Tac video? I, I don't know how well how up no. you are on your... Okay, so the Tic Tac video is basically they found that these pilots uh, with their instruments were tracking this thing and it was just oh. fucking moving at insane yeah, speeds and that. E that thing, yeah, okay? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, they, yeah, found, yeah. they saw something just like that hovering over the cow above the tree line and they did the math based on where the tree line is in relation to the camera and how far it travels. And it would have been like traveling at the speed of a bullet, like a high caliber bullet, right? Which is insane fucking speed. It's like thousands yeah. of feet per second. So uh, you can tell how excited I am. <laughs> I, just, <laughs> I just like savored it. <laughs> um, so, so basically, the, like, and it's like you're watching this and you're not like, you used to watch stuff like this and nothing would happen, right? And like you're watching the show and shit is happening and you can't fucking explain it. And they're like, we have data. We don't know what it is, but like, here's our working hypothesis. There's a portal and you know, and then it matches up with the lore of the place that the, that the, the, uh, uh residents have. It's so fucking wild, man. I love this shit. Um, and I really like that, that line between like the full on paranormal shows that I like, like the, I mean, I only watch Hellier, which is like only two seasons. But and then um, and then this stuff where it's like these guys are just like, you know, they bring like they bring out equipment and it fails because the batteries die, <laughs> you, you know, and, <laughs> and they can't do ex experiments and they find workarounds. But like, but yeah, and then they debunk stuff too. They, they there's this hollow chamber in one of the it's and it was creepy as fuck. It's like a concrete block inside yeah. of one of these places and people used to and so the people that lived in that house thought that there was like weird woo woo shit going on and they just put a microphone in and they realized that it was just a house reverberating in this chamber that was like <laughs> just like an echo chamber so they're not even just like they're not like dummies about it you know they're not like ooh, we're gonna go in there with ev meters and shit like that they're like using rf it's fucking crazy. I, I'm like, anyway, I love this conversation because I feel like it sort of validated this interest in like the, the <laughs> on the quantum level, things are like disappearing and, it, and we definitely are in that space of just like not like, I like that we're okay not knowing stuff and that we're almost excited about it, right? 
Yeah. I mean, I think that, I think that like the one, I mean, one kind of, uh, one, one like critique side of the whole thing is that when, um, when everything starts to sort of depend on who's looking at it and how they're looking at it, then that sort of on a philosophical level will like infiltrate society in the way that it maybe has in terms of now everyone is like, and, and feeling like <clears throat> that's it. That, I mean, it's an easy, I don't want to say easy, but it, it is a way of like, I think there's a really fine line for me about being like, yeah, there are, there are these moments when science can be totally uncertain and or messy and or weird, but that doesn't mean we can't trust it like otherwise, you know, or trust many things. And so it's like a, <clears throat> I think it's like a murky, <clears throat> it has the potential to get kind of murky um, in a way that I like had, had a hard time with it for a little while, just like, okay, you know, that, that all might be true, and we don't, I mean, is it true? I, it seems to be true, but who knows? But then it's like, oh, you know, like um, some of the, some. They, I mean, there's many things about quantum physics, physics that they've been able to test, like this particle wave thing, they've been able to test that for decades. And, um, but it's, it's uh, you know, there's a lot that they don't know about all of it, but then, it's like, don't translate that kind of questioning into like, oh, well, maybe climate change isn't real or maybe like, you know, whatever. Do you think people like on a, an, on a, on a personal level buy that shit? Or do you think that, do you think that that propaganda is effective? Cause I, I think that like, I don't know that it's as one-to-one -one as that, but I think that there's like, I think that there is, I mean, and this was actually something that that this guy did write in the introduction to his book. So I'm not totally making it up either, but I did, um, it is something that I've thought for some time too, which is like, you know, if we're used to, if we are brought up to believe that, you know, that like everything is sort of, um, well, I guess it's a slightly different kind of thought, but I think that, I mean, I was, I was reading the introduction and I'm imagining like, you know, there's, there's, there's people who can take this into a mode of thinking that's like, okay, there's things that we don't know. There's things that we should remain uncertain about or can remain uncertain about and that's okay. Um, or things that we'll never be able to fully understand, but we're trying to understand these other things. And then you can imagine like um, just some, I don't know, like some conservative news host on a TV show just being like, oh, so <laughs> you can't trust science because blah, 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 you know, and then all these people. No, like, but oh. I mean, I think that those, there's so many different elements involved in that because now you just added one because while you were talking, I was also thinking about the fact that like, so like, not that it's effective, but religion tends to be the realm of morality. Philosophy tends to be the realm of sure. morality. Yeah. I think that one thing that is a bit problematic right now is that science has been equated towards morality with morality. And if we look at the fucking scientific world, I mean, we don't even have to go, hey, we got to the moon because of Nazis. You know, <laughs> we can also <laughs> right. just go like the science of food chains is pretty fucking brutal. It's not moral. Mm -hmm. Right. Like the how right. how how science works is not a happy place for like 
you know? And so I do think that there is a fucking weird shit going on. I agree with you on the right wing. That's always been the case. Science, climate change yeah. is real. You know, science denial is, is definitely a part of religion, right? Like fucking Galileo, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. But, but, uh, but uh, I do think that there is a weird thing that goes back to what we were talking about, the don't do your own research stuff, which mm-hmm. suggest, and I'm not saying that science is a fucking religion. Don't even fucking misquote me because that shit is tacky and dumb. But what yeah. I am saying is that there is a conflation that science is somehow moral. And if you look at it very specifically, there's no morality. It's like mm-hmm. the realm, it's like law. Law is not moral. Law is uh, fucking uh, whatever. I, <laughs> I'm not going to finish that <laughs> sentence, but you get what I'm saying. But, yeah. but, but it, it's not a fucking uh, a realm of morality. And I think that that is a little bit where we start to get a little bit into expert worship and stuff like that, where like, I, I think that goes to that same like uh, class divide with the, with the academic world where it's like super expensive to go to school now. So like mm-hmm. maybe the access is only going to a certain, pe- certain group of people, right? Um, yep. And then that expert worship becomes class, uh, solidarity and class worship. Because if you, if, if, if there are no scientists that are middle class or below and they're all in the professional managerial class and all of that, you get into this really weird fucking place where science yeah, is, I mean, is, 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 is being by, driven by amoral uh, people to a, a, an amoral direction, right? Like, uh, yeah, well, yeah. there's all kinds, I mean, you know, like even like atom even, bombs and shit like that. Right. Or like tobacco companies funding research about smoking. And yeah. And I mean, it's, I think I read a book a couple of years ago that was. Or Exxon with their scientists. Like there is no fuck, like scientists are not intrinsically good people. They're not intrinsically moral people. They are uh, uh, notoriously uh, purchasable. Right. And I think, I I mean, I think that that's like, I think that there's, um, yeah, I read a book that, that was, um, it was sort of about the history of, of quantum physics, but it was talking about, you know, like who was doing what experiments at which schools, when, and who got funding from who, and who was competing with who to try to make what discovery first. And it's like, that's kind of the side of things that the general public doesn't usually hear about, that it is, you know, and, and so I think that, um, yeah, I mean, it's super complicated because then there's also like scientists who don't want to listen to indigenous people who have been making the same observations for centuries or like, um, or decades or whatever, depending on the, the issue. Um, and, you know, because the methods are different, it's not science, even though like the outcome is the same or whatever. And so it's like, I think that, um, it's super complicated in so many, in so many ways. And that I do, I mean, I guess for me, like I, I, I want to, I want to feel like, just like with any, with any kind of institution that like, there's certain parts of it that can probably, I mean, it depends on the institution, I guess, but it's like, you know, with science specifically, there can be a lot of problems with it and there can be a lot of things about it that are still important, you know? And so it's in, and, um, 
I don't know that I don't know that um well, I think it's the it's the other element that you brought up when I was when that 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 I never got back to but it's the it's the press the press is like on on one side they 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 uh deify and on the other side they um what's the opposite the uh, vilify demonize yeah, right. <laughs> demonize because the other one was uh, a uh, a deity so mm -hmm. <laughs> we got to we got to keep them equal Right. <laughs> so as yeah, so as I, not to get canceled. <laughs> Go right, ahead. Right. But I, but I guess maybe the other thing for me is that I think that people, um, I don't know. It's like the the fact that you can and maybe should. I mean, whatever about the word should, but like that that things can be um, that things can be complicated. It's not like science is 100% right or 100% wrong because neither of those things are right. Like there's issues with everything. And then there's still a lot of scientific work that a lot of people are doing that is super important to the world, <laughs> you know, and, and most likely correct. And, but then you don't have to say like, because that's true, therefore science is a perfect institution or a perfect attitude about looking at the world. And so I think that it's like, well, and there's also, there's always financial incentives that corrupts the direction. Like, why aren't we, you know, what's the funding for, for solving poverty, like, you know, for, for solving uh, hunger and, and, and all of that. That's not what we fucking invest our money in. We invest our money in shit that's profitable. Like it's that, uh, Absolutely. Yeah. did you watch Idiocracy, the, the Mike Judge movie? No. Uh, I... he, he posits that the reason that society gets super dumb uh, this is in like the Bush years that the movie came out is because scientists only get funding for hair loss and erectile dysfunction. <laughs> <laughs> and then That's the rest funny. of the sciences just get dropped. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, I, but it is like, I mean, the, the, I don't know, the like, the down to, well, the, well, the, down to the details. Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. 23 no, and no, me no, no, no. is like, like that shit is pseudoscience, right? Yeah. yeah. It, like it's these home kits that people are sold with. And it's like, like, I remember, oh my God, I remember I had a friend who used to say this and it annoyed the shit out of me because it was a thing that was in all commercials in the nineties. It was like scientifically proven. Right. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck does that mean? Right. right, right. <laughs> yeah. Ask anyone with, with a, yeah, I don't know. That's a, it's a, yeah, it's a good question. And so it, uh, but it's crazy because you, you, yeah, there's like the people who don't believe it in it. There's the people who see that it's like being swayed by, by funding and, and, um, and it's, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's this, this whole thing has been interesting for me because I think that before I started learning about the details of quantum physics, I was just like, I was like, yeah, I, I will trust this institution. And I still do, obviously, but I think it allowed it, like learning about these aspects of it, both in terms of the weird, unobservable or difficult to explain stuff, but then also um, just in terms of like competition and funding and, and research and academia and all this kind of stuff. It like sort of helped me see it in a way, it allowed it to, become complicated which i think is a good thing you know 
Oh, cool. I really enjoyed our conversation. I definitely will yeah, have you back on at some point. Awesome. Um, Thank you. As, as I grow. But yeah, man, I really enjoyed talking about uh, about this kooky stuff because it's like yeah. uh, I got to bring it into my sci-fi shit uh, or into my not not <laughs> science-based stuff, but right. then but also overlap it a little bit. Um, no, I really find all of this stuff like the like it's almost like it's almost too exhausting to always be thinking about this kind of shit, you know? Yeah. Like where, no, where, I agree. where it's like, how do I fucking get to work if I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. And I, I mean, I think that that's like, I don't know. I mean, I think that that's why I feel sort of like, you know, I just, I mean, whatever. Cause I'm being recorded. <laughs> like it feels, uh, it feels important to say that like, but yeah, that, that at the end of the day, when I just like need to get up and go to work or go do whatever I'm doing, that like the place where I default is that I, that I do trust this thing <laughs> called science, you know, and that like as much as uh, of like these kinds of like thought, thought experiments or thought avenues and like spaces for my work and my sort of different explorations and like um, I mean, it's actually funny because I've, I mean, I've talked with a lot of different scientists over the years, just that I've met kind of different projects and stuff. And some of them are like fully down to talk about these like larger kind of philosophical questions that the stuff brings up. And some of them are not at all. They're just like, I'm just trying to figure out this thing. I'm trying to do this experiment. I'm not trying to worry about like, what does it mean for everyone's like existence in the world oh, and, well maybe they should do that more so they don't fucking blow people up <laughs> jesus christ i mean in that, context, in that context definitely but um but yeah i, I don't know it's it's uh like as as murky as everything can be i do believe that science is important just to say it out loud <laughs> oh yeah i mean Obviously. if anybody no i mean Jesus, I would hope my fucking listeners know that. I just I'm sure they know that. I I am I do not subscribe to this idea that because people are going to manipulate facts, we don't tell people the truth. That I am not okay with. You no, know? That's not like like yeah. uh that is a fucking problem. But I but I 100% agree with you. I yeah. agree science is an important tool, but even without science, the world is going to move you know, like I think of science as a as a way as a means of understanding things, right? But science isn't the world. Science isn't no. science. Science is the study of the world. Science is, but but science is not like yes, it is the it is the process by which that shit happens. But our experience of it is actually valid too, right? Yes, yeah. and, oh, totally. And, and and without the understanding of it, yes, we would be more uh, more uh superstitious and shit like that but um that's why i do this show because i don't know anything (laughs) (laughs) so that i know more right right. but if people aren't curious like i mean leave them the fuck alone (laughs) you know (laughs) but i but i guess that i i guess that i feel like there is this sort of the, the like the expert culture that has been and this is, I mean, you know, this is a history of science and history of objectivity thing. It's like that, which I, there's a huge book about this that I've only read a little bit of, but that like this, the, that objectivity has a history and that, you know, it's changed over decades and centuries. 
and you know the idea that there are um, trained experts who know how to look at certain things and that no one else knows how to look at those things. Like, you know, obviously when you go to the doctor and you have some imaging done, you want that person to be an expert in reading that image so that they diagnose you with the right, I mean, you know, like that's, but the, but the idea that I think a lot of, that there's like, well, I'm not an expert, so I know nothing and I don't need to engage with any of it is kind of like, it's like, and I, and I've read stuff about this that in the news too, just like the average person's skills in math and you know I mean I forgot all the math I learned in high school <laughs> probably um right it was there but it's like I think that the just feeling like okay the the um if everyone's like base level understanding was higher then where would that leave everyone you know and so I, it, I like it's a it's a that's a just a plug for education I oh guess. yeah oh no but i don't like, think they want that i mean no, that, uh, yeah yeah so then but, so that and and to that i my response is that like people are a victim of their own ignorance sometimes right it's yes. a burden and to sort of just cancel out these people because they don't understand things or thinking of them as less human or less sophisticated the uh you know that's that's how racism and all of that shit multi, you know like how yeah, a science yeah. used to think that fucking African people were inferior. Like right. <laughs> it used to fucking believe that. And then this yeah, motherfucker absolutely. wrote a problematic book that a book that was still problematic called guns, germs and steel. And it was a fucking revolution. And it's like, fuck you, man. Fuck you. Like, like the, the, it is fallible. It is human. And it is, and, 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 and it has been used to do horrible things. Yes. To do right. very, very evil things. I'm yeah, not going to use yeah, the N-word, but the Nazi, phrenology, all of these yep, things yep. are fucking awful. Yep, yep. So, and, um, so, so, so just, just be careful who you trust, you know, like, like, uh, and, and always remember science is a money game. You can't do science without money. Yeah. And you're yeah. going to have the best erections ever. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I think that the, yeah, I mean, I think that the good, the good thing is that I think if you frame it. This is a good, good, good closing thought, maybe too. That if you, if you frame the uncertainty correctly, it's like it, it's. You could also say that that you could sort of translate that into just like a, looking and thinking critically about stuff, and instead of just blindly accepting like, oh yeah, well Hitler says all these people are, the root of all problems, and so we just get rid of all of them. Then, you know you don't just accept that because someone tells you this thing. It's like you say, okay, that's this, you know, let me think about whether that's actually true or whether or, that's or actually. It's a, or even just the colonialist mindset of telling people that you're superior to them because you're civilized. Yeah. Whereas, or that, that, that they don't have the capacity to understand things. They just live in a different context and they had different, you know, like exactly. uh, we would not be having a lot of the problems that we have if we fucking listened to how Native Americans lived a little bit more. I know Absolutely. we talked earlier about how some made slaves of others and that, you know, <laughs> I don't want to be like, I don't want to erase uh, the entire culture and just make it like a fucking idealist society, you know, sure. but but there are things that people that cultures learn that maybe, like you said, that that, that the other things that people have observed for centuries that scientists yeah, yeah. discount because they're they didn't use the right tools. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. 
But anyway, I think that was a great closing thought. Uh, I really appreciate you coming on the show. I had a lot yeah, of fun. Thank you. Yeah, uh, me too. I feel I feel stimulated, and uh, and and uh, now I'm going to just imagine all the little particles as I watch the next season of uh, <laughs> Secrets of Skinwalker Ranch. <laughs> all kinds of possibilities out there. You know? <laughs> uh, can we promote anything for you? Do you have anything that you want want to plug? Your Instagram is Leah Beeferman. Yes. yes. And um, it's spelled as you would imagine, Beeferman. Exactly. Man. Yes. And I'm, as far as I know, I'm the only Leah Beeferman that is, is that exists. <laughs> and do you, that exists? Wow. Yeah, well, I mean, Beeferman I, I, is a, is a very, uh, I mean, is it, does it have any Jewish background? Are there Beefermans? I mean, what, to my knowledge, going back to the beginning of the conversation, I think that our, I don't like, I don't think there's any other family with that name that we know. So of. it's like, it's like, uh, it's a Isla Silas kind of, uh, no, 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 it's no, that was the, that was the, the disproven story. There's a record, there's a record of it in a church in Germany somewhere because they did keep like civic records of something, uh, okay. uh, maybe of marriages or something. So, I mean, that side of the family comes from Germany somewhere and we don't really know more than that, but, cool. um, yeah, they're, they're, it's a little bit of a mystery, but from what we know, we're all related to each other. But if there's any of you out there who I don't know. <laughs> Brethren. All right. And then you have a website too, I'm imagining? I have a website, which is just leahbeferman.com. You got the .com. Congratulations. I got the .com. And Hence your assumption yeah, that there are no other Leah Befermans. That's right. <laughs> and there's a... Yeah, I have a Vimeo. I have stuff on Vimeo that is linked from the webpage. So that's also a good good place to go. So Cool. And yeah. uh, thank you for watching the show. If you'd like to subscribe, you can go to any of our audio platforms. Yeah, we'll see you guys next week. Uh, we'll talk to another interesting artist with some other interesting topic.